I believe the opportunity right now is bigger than it's ever been. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey guys, what is going on? Hope everyone had an awesome Halloween. Berlin, did you guys have a good Halloween in Brogan? Yes. In fact, I just traded all, almost all my candy for $20. What? Yeah, I had a lot of candy. Did mom, does that mom, mom buy that from you? Yeah. All right. I get, we got lots of candy. How about you, Brogan? You trading your candy? You going to do it? Yep, I already did. Yeah. Less cavities for you guys, more candy for us, and more money, right? Which is awesome. So, hey guys, speaking of money, <laughs> so um, I want to do something today. Last night was, was Halloween, and everyone, everyone went trick-or-treating, and it was a lot of fun, and today we have a treat for you. So, I was going to record um, more, like sharing more about Flip Packing Live and getting to you know, a little more of what happened, and I was like, I was just thinking this morning, um, number one, I, I hadn't done that yet, it's been kind of a busy, after the event, it was just like, crazy busy week, and then this week's been better, both Halloween and stuff, I thought, <clears throat> why, what if, what if we were to just let you guys listen in on part of the event, would you guys like that, would that be cool? So, I started to kind of listen to um, some of them today. And uh, I thought, okay, let's. I was gonna have you listen to like the beginning part, and then um, some of the things that kind of I shared, which were kind of some of the thoughts that I wanted to share with you this morning, anyway. And I started listening to, like, Bill gave his presentation afterwards of how he went from one to like two hundred and thirty deals, whatever he's gonna do this year, in a three-year time period. Right, how he scaled his business responsibly is is, is the title of of the uh, the presentation. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> I just reached out to Bill to confirm that that would be okay, uh, and he hasn't responded yet. But this is how I roll. I, I'm like, <laughs> I asked him, I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? Would you be good at this? And I, I don't know whether he's going to be good or not. But I told Kyle, let's do it. So we're doing it. Hopefully, Bill says it's okay. If not, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, ask ask forgiveness, right? So, uh, anyway, so that is what we got here for you guys. So, um, yeah, so go ahead and, uh, yeah, I'm super excited to, to share this with you. So, for those of you who were there, this will be a great recap and reminisce, time to reminisce. <laughs> and for those of you who weren't, um, it'll kind of give you an idea and, and there's some some gold there. So, hope you enjoy it. This is your guys' uh, treat for, for Halloween, for a late Halloween gift. Um, and yeah, here we go. And now, please join me in welcoming to the stage your MC for Flip Hacking Live 2018, Bill Allen! Hello, hello! All right! Everybody says I'm so low energy on the videos, so I'm gonna crank it up! All right. <laughs> All right, that's good. Uh, so I was out in the hallway, and uh, people are looking at me like they don't recognize me because I usually wear shorts and sandals like you saw in the video. So um, 
You probably didn't know, if you know me, that I do own a suit like this, or just a jacket and jeans, right? Um, and I didn't until about 10 days ago. So now, <laughs> the guy at the store decked me out. I feel good. And I'm ready to bring this event to you guys. So who's excited to be here today? Yeah. All right. Who's been to Flip Hacking Live before? Raise your hand. Hi. I want to see. Okay. Who's been to all three? Raise your hand. Higher. Okay. Who's here for the first time? Whoa. Wow. I didn't expect that. Okay. You guys are in store for something out of this world. No kidding here. There's people in the audience right now whose lives have been changed and businesses have been changed from these three days. Just these three days. Okay? We're going to bring it to you, and we're going bigger and badder than we've ever done before. Three years ago, we were here in San Diego in a room about, it was about this size here. So I wasn't as nervous as I am now. <laughs> and then last year, we doubled it, and it was like another row. And then this year, we had to get this big space, go wide, and bring all 600 of us together for these amazing speakers. So we got a jam-packed three days. We're going later. We're doing more. We're bringing more speakers to you. We're bringing bigger speakers to you. We've got a former NBA player coming to speak to us and motivate us to be better than we could ever be named Walter Bond. If, this guy is a monster, OK? He says he's a big man with a big message. And I can't wait to introduce him so you can see I'm a little man with a big message, all right? So, and then we got Russell Brunson, okay? Anybody excited to see Russell? It's, that's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to see him. He's going to bring it and whew, knock us on, our, on the floor. Every single speaker that you guys see at this event on this stage will be doing multiple six figures or multiple seven figures in their business today. Okay? These are not people that have been doing business in the past. These are people doing it right now. In the trenches, doing business at high volume right now. Every single one. we got 20 of them. So get ready for it. I'm ready for it. Russell Brunson is going to bring the new way of marketing. Justin's been talking about it. You saw it in the video. The theme of this event is how to make $10 for every dollar you spend. I want you guys thinking about that every time there's a speaker up here and you're taking notes. Think about how can I implement that? How can I use that in my business? Or how can I start my business the right way, depending on where you are in your business right now? So I've spent the last year working with Justin and his company. And after this event last year, I told him, we had a conversation. I said, hey, I want to do more. I want to figure out how to give more value. I want to be more involved. I want to figure out how to bring more people together. I want to figure out how to make the coaching programs better. I want to figure out how to give more value. And so I've worked with Justin for the last year, and Vanessa, and Kyle, and Tara, and everybody that puts just blood and sweat and tears into this organization. And it's been very eye-opening for me working with Justin. Right? I think a lot of you know, and if you've met him and talked to him and socialized with him, this guy's like pure visionary, right? He's just... We do a lot of profile testing in, in my business and a lot of our businesses. The guy's like off the chart, widespread visionary. Huge vision. All he has is ideas. And a visionary has 10, 20 ideas a week, something like that. And we brought a consultant in recently who said, 
it's okay for a visionary to have that many ideas. And Justin said, oh my gosh, it's like a huge weight off my shoulders. I thought I was different, weird. I thought I shouldn't be doing that. I actually hold a lot of things back. This guy's got like 50 ideas a day, okay? And he sends them to me at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, Voxer, text, calling me. It's, it's, it's like, it's crazy. I've never, I, I thought that I was a high visionary, and it's just, I, I've never seen or worked with anybody like that. It's, it's eye-opening, and it's amazing. And a lot of what he brings, he brings that to us. So he talks about getting you guys to systemize and automate your businesses, build out people, find the right people, figure out how to do it. And he's doing it. But he's working hard. Okay? He's working hard for this. He's working hard for us. If you're in the programs, if you're in six or seven or eight-figure flipping, you see it. Putting in the time day in and day out to make things better. And that's all he thinks about. No joke. Like, all he thinks about. I, you should... If you, we, we should probably pull up a three-page email that you send me on a regular basis here. Sometimes I just say, I'm just going to give him a day and hopefully he forgets about all the stuff that he sent me. So, but look, I joined this group three years ago from almost nothing. I was doing you know, one house a year. And I'll talk about that more uh, later when I'm up here. But it, this, is, this has changed my business. It's changed my life. I have been able to do things that I never thought I could do. I got to the point where... I can start systemizing and automating things, spend more time with my family. And it, it's, it's a big part of it is because of him and his vision and what he's created here for us. So, I mean, think about that when you're sitting here these three days and all the speakers up on stage that are talking to you about what they're doing, it all started with this idea from, from this guy, okay? And putting himself out there, even when he was getting pushed back and talking about coaching and, and talking about this and, and you know, people talking bad online and saying it's not for me. It's, it's just amazing to see what he's been able to do and push through that and build out this group that we have. And I spent the last three days with them, and it was off the charts amazing, and every event seems to get better and better. It's because of the people that we brought together and, and put here. And we got 600 of them here, so take advantage of it. So, um, Justin, you've changed my life. You've changed a lot of people's lives here, and after today, we'll change them all. So I just want to welcome you to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Justin Williams! Come on! Thanks, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Uh, last year, when everyone stood up, it was, it was more than I could bear. So this time, I'm like, hey, get ready. Get ready. But I, I appreciate you all. Like I said yesterday to the seven-figure group, my mom had taught me to take a compliment. So that's the biggest compliment I can get by you being here today. And speaking of being here, I'm grateful that you are. I don't know what it is, but I remember the first event three, uh, two years ago, two years ago, I literally was like, are they going to show up? Are people going to be there? And every year, I've done the same thing. And the funny thing is, this morning, my wife, when she got back from the gym, she's like, oh, I saw Bill at the gym. He woke up last night, had like a, a nightmare that you were, um, I was telling him, we got to move, take out like half the chairs, no one's here, no one's coming. And he's like, they're going to come, they're going to come. <laughs> so to have got, having got that picture this morning and seeing you guys are here, um, whew. It means the world to me. 
Thank you. Uh, this, to me, is, is payday. Uh, like Bill mentioned, it hasn't always been easy, right? You got the haters. You got, you create this business that you don't have to really work a whole lot anymore if you don't want to, right? You've created financial freedom. And then you go out and you think one day, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> I'm not feeling very fulfilled. Anyone ever feel like that? We got the curse, right? We all understand each other, this entrepreneurial curse. And I knew I had to do more. Um, knew you know, God had a, a bigger purpose um, for me and my family and, and, and you guys, right? And I don't, you know, Bill gives me a lot of credit. I appreciate that. But really, it's this community that, that's coming together. And I come definitely, yeah, I have very little to do with that. But um, once again, I got to take the compliment. Okay. Mama taught me, mama taught me. So um, started this group called Seven Figure Flipping three years ago with an incredible person named Andy McFarland. Everybody know Andy McFarland? Um, one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Call Andy up one day, I'm like, oh man, like, there's a lot of people in the House Flipping Formula program that are really accelerating their business and they want more help, but I have this false belief in my mind from things that have happened in the past to me and people I know that if you have a high-level coaching program, then that's bad, right? Um, but we worked through that. I was talking to, actually, my brother, Derek. Where are you at, broski? My brother Derek's here. Yeah. So I was actually talking to him one day in my office, and he's like, well, Justin, like, you're not those guys. I was like, but, but I'm like, it's like those guys. But you're not them. And like, it just hit me. Like, that's when I knew we had to push through with this. So Andy agreed we start this program. And shortly after, so many people were having success at such a high level. And we were saying, well, how can we help more people? How can we help more? And we thought, well, what if we bring these amazing people who have had this success, and for three days, they come together, and it's like, just let it out. Just give the goods, just give it all, and, and see how many more people we can help. And a couple of them were kind of reluctant. Becca was very reluctant. Just kidding, Becca. Becca's the most amazing people you ever, person you'll ever meet. And they did it, and we did it. And, and people came, and, and it was amazing. And the first year, the idea was to teach people that this business is not about finding deals. Like, that, right? Drives me crazy. You guys ever hear anyone say, do you guys hear that feedback or that just me? Is it that echo? It's just me, right, up here? Okay, I'll get used to it. I hear it all the time. Ever since I've been doing this business for, what is it, 12 years now, I can't find any deals. There are no deals in this market. And at the beginning, I kept thinking, okay, maybe next year there will be deals, right? Because I was new, I didn't know any better. Then the next year, same thing, same thing, same thing. But the interesting part is there were people that were getting deals always, every single year. I remember interviewing a guy in my podcast who had done the business for 30 years. He's like, for 30 years, people have been saying you can't find any deals. And as I've progressed in my own business, and as I've surrounded myself with some amazing people that are here, guys like Andy and, and some other very high-level investors, I realized you don't find deals. Deals are not something that you find. Right? It's all about creating a machine. A machine that has the, the three things. What are the three things? 
lead generation, lead conversion, and then increasing your average profit per deal. If you do those three things, and you do them with systems and processes to where they're profitable, you do them well, you literally will create a money-making machine that for every dollar you put into it, you can get back two, three, four dollars back. So those were some of the concepts that we talked about at the first Blood Packing Live. We talked about creating a machine, creating a business that will work for you, regardless of if you're spending time with your family, you're on vacation, there's an emergency, you're here at an incredible event. We have people who have been here in our group for the entire week. Very rarely are they sending messages or taking calls because they have a business that works for them. That is true freedom, right? No one got in this business so they could work 80 hours a day and not have something that gives back to them, okay? So that's what we talked about. And then last year, we talked about being only one system away. It's interesting. Every person I look at, I mean, there's so much that you can do in this business. So many opportunity. You gotta focus, right? You gotta focus in. You can't do everything. But if you can do one system and do it well, one thing, every investor I look at, it's like, okay, they have this and they do it this way and this and this, boom. You can and will create a seven-figure business. Okay, so keep that in mind. You're all just literally one system away. And I will say there's really no middle ground, right? I mean, there's a little bit, but not totally. You either have that money-making machine that for every dollar you put into it, like it's, it's profitable and it's working, or it's, yeah, you're working on it, and that's okay. But if you keep that perspective, if you keep the perspective that I am building something, right? It's like when you build a house, no one expects to live in the house when the roof's not on it, right? It's like you, the house functions when it's built. It's similar to a machine. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, just like in South, uh, South America, I, li I lived in South America for a couple of years, and the way they build their houses is they build it, and then they build more of it, and they, but they live in it while they build it, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but so you can build it, but you gotta build something first. Does that make sense? So you build the machine, it starts working for you, and then you keep improving the machine. Um, so one system we talked about last year. Then, as we were thinking about the topic for this year, um, I heard on a podcast some guy talking about being in the, the money multiplying business, and it wasn't, even, it wasn't even real estate. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like in real estate, we're all about ROI, right? We're always talking about multiplying money. We're like, okay, ROI. It's interesting. You, I don't, anybody know what Bank of America is paying for interest right now? Like if you put your money in a bank? It's like, I thought it was half percent. It's like one one hundredth. I had to like read it. I'm like, is that a tenth of percent? No, I think that's like one one hundredth. I had to ask my, one of my kids. What is that? I'm like, what is that number? It's like one one hundredth of a percent. And then you got like CDs and all these other things, like one, two, three percent. It's ridiculous, right? We like it because it's easy to get private money that way, right? So if you think about ROI, now Bill <laughs> talked about, you know, apparently Bill and Gary have, they've analyzed me. They know more about me than I know about myself. Like, oh man, I've never seen like, you're like off the charts visionary. I'm like, okay, it helps me understand myself, which is cool, so I appreciate that. Um, but I was running these numbers, and I was thinking, like, okay, I want you guys to realize something. So the bank pays one one-hundredth of a percent. Stocks, oh, CDs are like two to three. The stock market, stock market averages seven, but it fluctuates all over the place, right? 
private money lending, six to 10, 12%, depending on, we won't, I don't wanna get into that too much right now, but, right? We've learned that through flipping, we can get pretty good returns because we can flip it multiple times, right? I want you to understand this. When we talk about making $3 back for every dollar you spend, what kind of a return is that? It's a 300% return, right? Now there's gonna be some overhead costs and stuff like that in there. And that's where people get kind of stuck, right? If your equation is only two to three times and then you got too much overhead or marketing, then sometimes it's like, I'm not really profitable and that's not a good thing. As I got working these numbers and I was like, wow, if you made $10 for every $1, wait, let me back up one step. So we were in Costa Rica at the eight-figure event. And I kept hearing, before Costa Rica, I kept hearing all these people talk about how, like, mailers, like, the response rate is going down. And PPC going, like, the response rates are going down. Has everyone heard that? The response rates have, have gone down. <clears throat> And as I hear these things, along with it comes something like, usually like this business doesn't work anymore, right? Now that's not from this group, I don't hear that from this group, but the, the outside world, which, um, you know, I, I don't go to a whole lot of RIAs anymore and stuff like that just because it's too much people who aren't really making it happen, right? Where was I? I do, I do this sometimes. Costa Rica, thank you, whoever said that? Lunch is on me. So we're in Costa Rica, we're with the eight-figure group, and I see, like, Melissa Johnson gets up, and she's sharing this crazy, like, ninja thing she's doing with her light. I'm almost like, wow, it's amazing. Um, and, and then someone gets up and talks about, we had this one salesperson, and we hired a new salesperson who's now converting, like, two to three times better than the other salesperson that was already sell converting pretty well. And then Michael Green gets up, and he talks about, uh, and we're together brainstorming all these things you can do on the back end of your deals to increase the average profit on every deal you make. And I just got thinking, I'm like, man, I was really running the numbers. Like this person's making this much on every dollar they spend, this person's making this much. And I was like, if you do, like not even all of these things, if you do literally like one fourth of all these things that everyone here is doing, I was like, I'm, I geek out on numbers sometimes. I don't know how to use a financial calculator, or any calculator that's not a regular calculator. <laughs> but I do like to geek out on numbers. I, can, I was really good in third grade. My mom really made me like learn multiplication. So I'm pretty good at that. So I was geeking out on these numbers. And I was like, yeah, you can totally make like $10 for every dollar you spend. And so I got thinking, I said, you know, I think as humans, we tend, mostly, not always, we tend to just kind of try to survive. We try to just get by, right? It's like, oh, we're getting by. Okay, we're good. But you see someone who comes from like another country, right? And they see all the opportunity. They see what's possible. And it's like, oh my gosh. And they call it the immigrant ed edge, right? Because they, they thrive. They see what's possible and they thrive. They take advantage of that because they're not used to it from where they came from. So I thought, why don't we raise the bar? Why don't, instead of being that person or, or that group, that community that is trying to make two, three, four dollars for every dollar we spend and, okay, we're profitable, we're doing okay, like, why don't we just go for it? Because when margin, here's the deal. For years, I, I know so many people, the number one problem is people don't do anything, they don't take action, right? The number two problem is you have people who have been in the business for a long time and they get complacent. We talked about that on, on Monday with um, Tom, Tom, 
Flick, yes. Amazing, great, great, great presentation, right? We talked about complacency, and you guys have probably heard me say, a lot of people say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I say, if it's not broke, make it better, right? So I thought, why instead of waiting for margins to adjust, and then we figure out how to have better follow-up and increase, why don't we just try to do a lot better? We can do, I'm ruining the whole theme of the event. It's like, can you spend, I'm telling you right now, you can, we can do this. You can make $10 for every $1 you spend. If you do enough of the right things well enough. It doesn't have to be perfect, okay? Now, I, what I don't want to have happen in this event, that's, that's the theme, right? As you go through and you listen to all the presenters, I want you to just take gold nuggets. Some of you guys are probably already at a level where you're making $5 for every dollar you spend, and, and maybe you can get to that 10. What I don't want to have happen is I don't want anyone to leave here discouraged, <laughs> okay? I don't want you to leave here thinking, oh, man, I've only done a few deals, and I don't know if I can make $10. Like, it's okay, right? Don't consider yourself a failure if you leave here and in a month you ha aren't making $10 for every dollar you spend, okay? But let's shoot higher. As a community, I want to shoot higher. I want to do better, right? Like, let's push towards that. Because if that's what's possible, then if the market adjusts or something changes or response rates grow up, you know what? We're going to be ahead of everybody else. We're going to be good. So that's the goal, to, to keep pushing for that. So keep that in mind at this event. Now, I, ran, I was running some numbers, geeking out, and I was like, you know how they do, they take you to the thing when the financial guy's trying to like get you to buy, ins buy not insurance, but buy like insurance or invest in stocks or whatever, and like over 30 years, when you compound the interest, you'll make, like, put this much in and you'll have a couple million dollars in 30 years or whatever. I thought, I wonder, I wanted to do that with making, if you make $10 for every dollar you spend and you start out with $10,000. And I, I didn't even, my wife was like, no, you can't even show that. So it's like not even believe, right? It was like within 10 years, you're at like a trillion dollars, right? And I was like, oh man. But right, right? I mean, if Apple can do it, like, and Amazon, why can't we, right? Right, Tim? So, um, I mean, by then you're going to come into all kinds, and we won't get into the issues you get to when you're at a trillion dollars, but let's just, a billion, okay? A billion, right? But the whole point is, like, don't settle, right? Think of what's possible. Think of all the things, and this doesn't even take into account, we had a marketing consultant come and speak with our eight-figure group. How was that, guys? Kevin, pretty cool. And we're going to have Russell Brunson come and share with us this new way of marketing, I'm telling you right now, I love you all, but you are in the stone age in your marketing. And the coolest thing is you're still making money. I was like, dang it, that sounds familiar, right? That guy who was talking on the screen. You're still making money. We're still making money. But I tell you what, when Russell Brunson's one of my, my mentors, incredible person. Um, I, I won't get into it too much because when I introduce him, I'll talk about it more, but literally, like, that's why we're here. I mean, this event is named after his event, right? Like, we would not be here today if, if it wasn't for him. But I heard him tell this story about how many years ago, like, letters, like, that's what they used to do. It was like 10, 20, 20 years ago, whatever. Like, yeah, remember when we used to have to send direct mail? I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. And he's like, then along came this thing called the internet and pay-per-click, I'm like, yeah, we do that too now. You know, it took us a while, but we're, we're there. And he's like, and then that stopped working. I'm like, oh, we're still doing that. <laughs> right? 
And I, I, he didn't even talk about the whole bandit sign thing. I mean, that's all right. What kind of crazy people would run around and put a bunch of signs and then run out in the dark? I mean, we're crazy. Let's be honest. But the cool thing is we have learned how to survive with what we have. But imagine if we could start utilizing some of these more advanced marketing strategies. I mean, even like old people are on the internet these days, right? So I see it happening. Yeah, even this guy's on the internet. So, <laughs> But I do see it happening. Um, in fact, Tyler was my man, Tyler. You hear? I'll, bring, I'll pull you up later, but... Oh, other Tyler, but I'm sure you're doing cool stuff too, man. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But people are starting to do things like utilize funnels, and I don't want to, like, overwhelm you guys from the beginning, but if we can have this paradigm shift... I mean, Kevin talked about blue ocean versus red ocean. What's in the red ocean? You're swimming with all the sharks. It's bloody waters, right? It's red. If we can create a blue ocean... Um, if we can get in front of these people before everybody else, he showed this, I wish I had my the thing up here, but this graph where it's like, here's a little corner, and everyone else is fighting over this 10 to 20%. But this is yours, right? Um, there's this book called Play Bigger. In my last podcast, I, I called it Think Bigger. So sorry if any of you downloaded Think Bigger that has like 10 reviews and isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> But it's called Play Bigger, and I heard, yeah, there we go, just getting started. And I heard Russell talking about this on his podcast recently. By the way, half of what you hear me talk about, I attribute to Russell, but... And um, it talks about being the, the leader in, in, your, in your market, right? And he's talking, the, the category king. Like, the category king, if you're Apple and Amazon and Facebook, like, you're getting 70 to... 90% of everything. And everybody else is fighting over the rest. Right? He talks about being the category king. Like, the cool thing about real estate is we can all be category kings in our own areas. That's why we can share all these secrets with each other. Isn't that great? That's pretty cool, really. I mean, if I was the owner of Facebook or Apple or like, I'm not going to be up here, like, everyone's not going to come up here and just, like, share their guts, Right? No, like, hey, this is our secret thing, to, right? But we can do that, and that's what makes real estate so amazing is everyone has a house. There's so much opportunity. More millionaires are made in real estate than all industries combined, like, since the beginning of time, right? I don't know, stonemen, I don't know, stonemen, cavemen? Yeah. I don't know if they flipped houses or not, but, but I do have some friends here from South Africa who flip caves in South Africa, so, yeah, there we go. Um... So the opportunity is huge. I believe the opportunity right now is bigger than it's ever been. And you know what? If you ask me tomorrow, I'm going to tell you the same thing. You know why? Because I'm here to win. Right? I mean, winners are winners are winners, period. In the, the seven-figure event yesterday, went to one of the rooms, just kind of checking to go and go into different rooms and seeing how everything's going. And right as I walked in, someone asked the question about, well, right now, their investors are paying like 82% for, for these houses. So if we can wholesale them to them, like that's great. But what happens if that goes away? 
What if they're not paying 82% anymore? I'm like, then you're buying the house for cheaper, right? Like, everything is perspective. There will always be winners. There will always be someone who is taking advantage of, not in a bad way, right? <laughs> but there will always be someone who is figuring out. It's all perspective. It's all here. It's all what goes on between the years. I know here we have today um, a lot of business owners, right? Raise your hand if you're, you're a business owner. Okay? And we also have some team members, which is incredible. So right now I'm going to talk for a second to you visionaries, to you business owners. Your business, the vision for your business and your team and your company will not surpass what you believe it can surpass. Can I say that again? The vision of what you can do in your business will not surpass what you believe you and your business can accomplish. You are the visionary. That is your job. When, when Gary came and, and did the uh, EOS implementation, because Bill's like, we got to do this, because you've got a million ideas, and we got to like, and I like to talk a ton, and just kidding, Bill. That was my job to Bill, but no one, uh, no one thought it was fun. <laughs> um, he gave me permission. He gave me permission to have ideas, to think big, to be the visionary, to lead, to build big relationships. He's like, that's your only job, right? And the crazy thing is, like, I thought I'm this crazy systems guy. I'm like, wow, that's it. Woo! Because that's what I always wanted to do. It's what I always wanted to do, right? Like, if you're not doing those things, if you're the visionary of your company and you're doing other things besides that, stop, <laughs> Stop it now. Your business will not keep growing beyond what you believe it can do. And if you're doing work that is not meant for you, and I'm not talking about oh, better or worse, no. Like, we all have different personalities for a reason. Right? Some of us are meant to be that visionary and have these things, like this, these ideas, and other people are creating those things and helping that vision come to life. And it's a beautiful thing. So... Um, actually prepared a speech. <laughs> Let me see what I, I think I covered a lot of it already though. So anyway, I, I have lots more things to, to say and, um, I'm sure I'll say it throughout this event, but just open up guys. Cause this, these next three days, like will change your life if you allow it to. Occasionally I get the opportunity to speak to someone who's thinking about joining one of our higher level coaching programs. And every once in a while, someone will say to me, well, is there a guarantee or like, well, who has done like the worst in your <laughs> organization? And I'm like, see ya, right? Like, here's the deal. Like, we are going to give you everything we can over these next three days. If you end up like joining our, fa fantastic. If, if it's a fit, awesome, right? But regardless, like, what you do with what you get is up to who? It's up to you, <laughs> We are going to give it to you guys. You guys are in the right place. What's going on? So we, you guys are in the right place because we are going to give you everything. These guys, like, Bill, are you, you going to do the thing where you're asking how much people are making? I don't want to. Okay, never mind. Okay, I won't get there. So Bill's going to do something cool later. But there are some high-level people in this room, more, more high-level people than any other real estate event you will ever go to. Do you know what helps make you better? 
surrounding yourself with amazing people. So talk to these guys. Take advantage of it, right? At, at the round tables later on at lunch, like listen to what they're saying. They're gonna be here. We're not going anywhere. And take the information you guys learn and go change the world, right? Do something with it. And it will change your business, it will change your life, but is 100% up to who? To me, right? 100% up to you, right? Because that's the, that's the fact that I see in everyone, every, anyone, like, we give everyone their all, but the people who take it and run with it, they're the ones that blow up their business. It's pretty funny, Kyle got pretty fired up the other day. Bill, am I going over, or am I good? Okay, good, just kidding. Right on track then. I told Bill, I'm not gonna take that long, but. So Bill got pretty fired up, uh, not Bill, Kyle got pretty fired up the other day because we got some ads shut down from Google and Facebook because they said, um, this isn't normal. Like, these results that you're showing aren't typical. Maybe I'll share the box with you guys later. It's, he's like, he's going, he's like, I can't believe they said this. Like, this, this is typical in this group. Like, I might show you guys a video later where we did some, I just did some really quick testimonials with members of our group over the last couple days. And it's like person after person, like just what they're doing. And I couldn't even get like, I got like a small fraction of the people. These results are typical, but why are they typical? It's typical because we surround you with incredible coaches, we surround you with amazing people, but we only let in people who we have already proven themselves and we know are gonna take it to that next level. So ultimately, it's up to you. 100% accountability. I just finished the book, Extreme Ownership, don't mess with me. <laughs> you guys, so many people have come up to me and told me about the podcast they heard about how I fired my video guy because he wouldn't own anything, right? Own it, 100%. It's your life, it's your life to change. Don't blame it on a spouse. Oh, my spouse won't let me do this business. Come on, man. Or woman, right? <laughs> Like, no one can stop you if it's your dream. Tara knew there was no option for me. I had no other options. She's like, oh man, we gotta keep fighting this. Even though we thought we were gonna be millionaires after our first year and we ended up with $120,000 of debt, not in real estate, but in another business. I had to live with like a bunch of family members in a corner while our son slept in the closet. She knew we had to keep going. There was no going back. Because she knew that's all I could do. That's all. Because it wasn't my heart. You know, I joke about how I didn't get very, you know, I struggled in school and dropped out and all these things, but that's all I could do because that's what I was put here on earth to do. So there was no other option but going forward. So, all right, I'm going to shut up before Bill grabs the cane and yanks me off here. Um, you guys ready to get started? You guys ready for this? Okay. So, our first. Um, speaker. He's, he's usually our, our lead-off man, and he's already up here, but um, this guy, having the opera, I mean, having him come into the group three years ago and wondering what the heck is this guy doing here, because he had only done like a couple deals. I'm like, Kyle, you made a mistake. How do we let this guy in? To literally within a year doing like 70 deals, and then the next year, which was last year, doing like 150, I might be off a little bit, but, and then this year on track to do like 250, multi-million dollars, but most importantly, impacting the lives of his team and everyone he comes in contact with. Not only did he accomplish this, 
but he did it while his son had a heart condition. They had to move. He did it with a full-time job. Talk about not having excuses. He did it while helping so many other people in the group without ever asking for a thing. I had to twist his arm. And I said, Bill, let me, like, let's make this official, man. <laughs> I'm tired of dating. Let's make it official. Just kidding, Tara. Just kidding. <laughs> let's make this official, right? Like, let, let us pay you. Let us be a part of this. <laughs> this guy just gives. He gives and he gives and he gives. He's a winner. He's a fighter. Um, and then working with him, man, like, we're going to do amazing things together, Bill. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand to your feet and welcome the one, the only, Bill Allen! Woo! Hello. All right, I'm back. I said, Justin, you're over time. I want the stage back. Give it back to me. All right. Thank you, Justin. Awesome introduction. Thank you for the clapping. I thought it was pretty good. We might be able to do better. We might be able to do better. I'll share some of my secrets. So, <laughs> oh, you want them all. You want them all. Okay. Um, so it's funny, you kind of heard the music. Uh, uh, back in San Diego, uh, a lot of you know, I flew helicopters for the Navy, and I, I still fly part-time for the Navy now down in Pensacola. I'm a flight instructor. Um, I fly about 60 days a month, or 60 days a year, and about 100 hours a year, um, teaching new students how to fly airplanes. And so I said, I'm sending it, you know, trying to find out who the speaker is, what they want to listen to, what's going to pump them up, what's really going to get them ready to go. And I said, man, that Top Gun, that beginning of Top Gun really cranks me up and gets me ready. And every time I hear it, it's like, yeah, man, I want to go out and fly like 120 knots in my helicopter, you know? So, so one of the speakers, you know, they start sending in, I'm organizing the event. Hey, what do you want to listen to? One of the speakers says the Top Gun theme. And I say, okay. I said, well, sorry, that's taken already. <laughs> and he sends me a text message and says, does he have this? And I say, no. But he's got this. And he said, oh, well, I didn't know it was you. Okay, all right, you can have it. You can have it. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, I get to wear this stuff now. It's kind of cool. So It's not a jet, but it goes about 300 knots, so. Um, any, any military people here? Military guys? Awesome. Let's stand up for them. Let's stand up for them. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, thank you for your service, all of you. And everyone that supports you, too. That's the biggest thing for me. It's, it's really about my family supporting me. We love what we do, and we get paid for it, and it's a lot of fun. So, all right, before we start, I want a, more, a little bit more audience participation. I know I just made you guys stand up, but who here, I want to know, I want to get a survey of the room before I get started. Who here has done 
at least one deal, wholesale or flip. I want you to stand up. Who's done one investment deal? Rental property, bought a rental, owns a rental, investment, maybe lends money. Okay. Woo! All right, wait, wait, stay standing. Okay. All right, so now stay standing if you run a six-figure business or more. So everybody sit down that's not putting out six figures a year. Okay? Okay? All right, now stay standing if you're running a seven-figure business. So anybody that's under seven figures a year, sit down. Seven-figure business owners. Okay, thank you. Look at this. And oh, you guys can sit down, thanks. Everybody's like, what else can I do? Eight figures. <laughs> I'm going to be like the only guy standing. So I, I want to do that just so not only I know who I'm talking to, but for those of you that might just be getting started or doing one or two deals, you see not just the caliber of who's on the stage, but who's in this room. There's some big business owners in this room that are doing a lot of volume that you wouldn't even know if you're sitting next to these people on the airplane, you're in the elevator with them, they're wearing t-shirts, shorts, and sandals like I like to wear. You know, it, it's incredible the caliber of the audience and who's on stage. So, I mean, this room has tons of value, not just on stage, but off stage, during the breaks, during lunches, at night, network, get to know the people that are here, okay? This event is different than any other event I've ever been to. I've been to some other events, and when the speakers are done, they get rushed off stage, or they're in the back room, they come out here, and they go right back, and you never see them again, right? They speak for an hour, and they're gone. In their, in their limo, off. You don't get time with them. This event is different than that. You've got us all three days. We're going to have roundtables tonight, all the speakers. Some other, other of our members are going to have roundtables. You can spend time, talk to them. We're in the lobby. We want to spend time with you. We want to talk with you, all the coaches, all the the members of the coaching program, everybody in here that's doing business. We should be doing business together. Let's talk. Let's, let's mastermind during these three days, okay? Take advantage of it. All right. I'm going to kick it off a little bit about who I am. Um, my name's Bill Allen. I'll just give you an update of what we're doing. Um, I started in business about three years ago. A lot of my team is here. My team's here. Raise your hand. Yeah, it's awesome. So this year, we'll do... Our goal was to do $3 million. We'll do about... Hopefully, we'll hit two and a half million at the end of this year. Um, so a little over 200 houses, probably. Uh, mostly wholesaling. We also do some flips in, uh, down in Pensacola, Florida. We have dabbled in it in Nashville and Chattanooga. Those are the three markets, Pensacola, Florida, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Nashville, Tennessee. This is a picture of my family. I got to put it up there, right? So since you guys saw me last year, we had a new baby. Uh, that's Lucas. Um, so... It's myself, my oldest son, Will, baby James. He turns two on Sunday. i got to take the red eye out of here on Saturday. I had a Sunday flight. My wife said, you know James's birthday is on Sunday, right? Changed my flight real quick. So I'm back home Sunday morning to celebrate James's two, uh, second birthday, and he's doing awesome. As an update for you guys, he's doing great. Just started walking. He's walking around now. He's, yeah, awesome. And uh, that's baby Lucas after he's born. He's eight months old, and he started crawling yesterday. I got a video of him crawling yesterday, so he's on the move. I'm in trouble when I get home. So that's a little bit about us, our business, what we do, just to give you a quick background if you don't know me. Anybody know who this is? Anybody? A little louder. I can't hear you. Ricky Henderson. So when I was growing up, I liked to play baseball, and I wanted to be Ricky Henderson. I was fast. I was small. I could steal bases. I could, get, I could walk because nobody could hit the strike zone on me. It was like, like this big, holding a bat, you know? And I'd just like duck a little bit, ball four, walk. And then I'd steal all the bases, steal home. I want to be Ricky Henderson. 
So this is the best leadoff man of all times. And Andy, who's the best leadoff man of all times here? Bill. All right. So they put me up first every year. I don't know why. Um, but Ricky Henderson gets on base. He gets on base, walks, singles, doubles. But this guy also has power. All right? So 400 or better on base percentage from Ricky Henderson for 16 seasons. Insane, right? Seven seasons with 100 or more walks and 293 leadoff home runs, which is almost 100 more than the next leadoff hitter of all times. And he, he said it himself, I'm the greatest of all times. So I'm going to show you. I'm, gonna try, I'm just going to try to get on base, but I might hit a home run here. So we'll see. I'll find out at the end when you guys clap. So what am I going to talk about today? I want to talk about scaling my business and, and how I did it. Because every time I've been at this event, everybody comes up to me and says, how'd you get to where you got so fast? How'd you go from one deal or two deals or whatever Justin said to like 800 deals a year? You know? And how'd you do it so fast? So I'm going to answer it today on stage. And if I don't, at the end, you got to find me and find out. If you need more information, find me this weekend. I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how I did it. I'll answer your questions. So... The short answer for me is I scaled my business responsibly. I've seen a lot of people try to go from zero to Andy overnight, okay? And, it's, and I've also seen them get left in the dust. So I'm going to just show you how I did it, and hopefully you guys can take some of those things and, and do it yourself if you're trying to ramp up your business, okay? But first, before I do that, I want to get everybody's mind right. There's going to be a lot of information here that you're given. And I want to get your mind right and ready to accept this information, okay? So a couple things before we go into what I did. When I got into this community and I joined this, I joined Seven Figure Flipping three years ago, there's all these crazy buzzwords. I, I, I read books. I had some knowledge. I had done a couple things. But all these crazy buzzwords like glass ceiling, permission, abundant mindset, unfair advantage, superpower, these things I'd never heard before. And people are just throwing them out there. And now it's become kind of part of my language and, and what I do and what I talk about to people to just try to, try to change their mindset, right? We want to get our mindset right first. Um, Andy, what's that, what's that saying that you, uh, you always say? Uh-oh, about, pressure's on. Uh, permission. It was like a movie or something? Permission. That, yeah, what was that? Yeah, what, what are they saying there? My friend Ryan, they gave me permission. Yeah, but it, it, you, there's a movie quote that you always like say. It's uh, be Anthony Hopkins. For, yeah, what is that? What one man can do, another can do. Ah, okay. You guys heard him say that before? I'm going to kill the bear. One more time, one more time. What one man can do, another can do. There it is. <laughs> all right, so that's, that's it. That's Andy giving us all permission. So let's see if he's good. I don't know, Charles. Ah. I don't think it'll work, Charles. It will work. No. It will work. What one man can do, another can do. Can't kill the bear, Charles. He's he's ahead of us all the time. It's like he's reading our minds. He's stalking us, for God's sake. He... You want to die out here, huh? Well, then die. I tell you what, I'm not gonna die. No, sorry. I'm not gonna die. I'm going to kill the bear. Say it, I'm going to kill the bear. Say it, I'm going to kill the bear. Say it. Say it, I'm going to kill the bear. Say it. I'm going to kill the bear. Say it again. 
I'm gonna kill the bear. And again! I'm gonna kill the bear! Good! What one man can do, another can do! What one man can do, another can do! And again! What one man can do, another can do! And again! What one man can do, another can do! Yeah! I think he did pretty good. I think he did pretty good. All right. So now, a little bit more. I want to get you guys blood rushing. Let's, okay. If these two guys, Andy or Justin, not Mike, not me, not Mike Cowper, not Simmons, not Don, not any, Mike, or Andy and Justin have given you permission already. Maybe you're at Flip Packing Live 2016, you're hearing any talk. Maybe you heard it on the podcast. If they've given you permission to do more than you thought you could do, stand up. Just those two guys. Stand up. All right, thank you. Look at that. Look at the number of people that these guys have touched. And I saw the hands of first-time Flip Hacking Live members here, people just here for the first time. This is incredible because we have the ability to give that many more people permission today. If When you leave here, if you get nothing out of this, I just want you to see that Andy and Justin and me and Mike and Mike and Don and all the seven-figure members and eight-figure members, everybody in this room is just normal people running their businesses. And I want you to walk out of here and say, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. It's very easy. You'll have, you have permission from all of us to be better people, to do more, to set your goals higher, look higher from us. From me right now and over these three days, every single person on here, it's going to be a, a repeated theme, okay? You have permission to do more than you think you can do, and you can do it. All right, coming out of this event, I want you to, you're going to fill up those notebooks like I talked about earlier. Don't put them on the shelves. Go home, pick one, two, maybe three things, and implement them in your business, okay? Don't try to take that whole notebook and start getting after it, all right? One or two things. The likelihood of you executing on one thing after this event is high, probably close to 100%. Two things, probably down like 70s. Three things, probably in the 50s. Once you start trying to do four, five, six things and you try to implement it in your business or your life, your chances of success are really low, okay? So take that one or two things, and execute on them, and then start going down the list, okay? Prioritize that stuff, and that's what I did. I went into this, into this seven-figure meeting with a big fire hose, the first one, and I just started executing on one thing. And I was good at one thing, and then I did one more thing, and I did one more thing, and that's part of me being able to scale and keep up and grow and not try to do all these things and be good at 20 things when I was really only good at one or two things. All right, next thing I want you to do is figure out what your superpower is. So what is it about you that can help you in your business or your life? Okay, for me, I had a job. I had a full-time job. And everybody says to me, ah, oh, man, how'd you do it? You had a full-time job. Well, that can be a positive or a negative. Okay, I had a job, so I had income. And I didn't need the income that I was spending. Some people say, I got a full-time job. I don't have time to do this. I can't do this business. I have a full-time job. Well, other people say, I don't have a job. I do this full-time. You know, it's exactly what Justin's talking about. You can spin it however you want. Find your superpower. What do you have? Is it a job? Do you have experience? Do you have time? Do you have money? What is it? Figure out what you have because it's going to be different than me and your business setup and how you, how you blow out your business and grow it is going to look different than me. So you've got, to, you've got to come up with a plan around you and your life and what's going on with you. Some people said, well, he's, his, his baby's sick and he's in the hospital all the time. How's he doing so much? That was release for me. I could get away from that. And I didn't have to work in my full-time job because I had some time off. And it, when I was in the hospital, I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to work. I was in there working. And that was, we were growing a business then. You know, we were building when I was in the hospital with James. So we can spin this however we want. 
But you've got to find out what you're going to do. What's your superpower and how you're going to do it? Okay, so I'm going to go into kind of my company journey. I think showing that chart might help you guys. So in the beginning, it wasn't even just me. I tried to do it by myself, and I couldn't. So I had a full-time job. So my next step was I needed to bring in somebody, a lead manager on here. It's really an office manager. I'm going to go through this pretty quick, but this is kind of who and why I hired. I'm not going to talk about who I hired, what they look like. We've talked about that a lot, but when I'm scaling a business, I knew that I couldn't answer the phone live. And listen to Andy and everybody else. They said, you've got to answer the phone live. If you send it to voicemail, it's not going to... You've got to talk to these people. You gotta, it's, it's competitive out there. So I needed somebody to answer the phone while I was flying airplanes and, and talking to them and taking leads. So Dee Dee came in, and she was the office manager, lead manager. She did the book. She did everything. She, she did everything. It was her and me. I would go on the appointments once she set them up. And if I couldn't go on the appointments, she would go on them. So it's just the two of us for a while. So then we kind of started getting calls, started getting leads, doing, doing our marketing. And then we brought in an acquisitions rep. So that acquisitions manager came in and started to offload. I, I knew that I was going on the appointments, but I wasn't getting a lot of deals. Because my superpower really isn't... I can talk to and connect with people, but I'm not a good sales guy. I know it. Okay? I, th I, can, I can practice it. I can learn it. I can, tell, I can give feedback to my sales reps and you guys. But I don't feel like... I, I, just, I'm not, I have an emotional connection with people, and I can't go in for the kill like we might need to. Okay? I just know it. I'm too soft. So I knew that I needed to hire, somebody, hire that out. I need to get somebody who will. And then when I came out of that and I stopped going into the houses, I could be more analytical like I am. I'm a numbers guy. I'm an engineer. So I'm analytical. So I could talk to them and I could look at the deal and I could say it's a good deal or it's not a good deal. But it, take the motion out of it, I could be a better business owner. So that was the next step for me. And that's when we started getting some deals. You'll kind of see. I'll show a revenue chart in the future. Of the, over the three years, so you guys can see how we stepped up and fell down and did things. But you're going to see a big cavern of four months of not a lot of, not a lot of deals, not a lot of income. It was my fault. And I could only go to the appointments on the, week, on the nights and the weekends, so I needed somebody who could do it full time. So think about which, what's your position? Where are you? Are you a good sales guy or gal? Do you have time to go on the appointments? What does it look like? So then I started doing, when I hired the, uh, the sales manager, sales rep, we started getting all these deals. So then I had to deal with all the title company. I'm on the phone with the title company all the time. There's, we got too many transactions. I'm getting busy. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm, looking for, I'm also doing dispositions at the same time. So when I hire these people, I'm doing all the rest of the stuff that you guys know about. Transaction coordination, dispositions, finding buyers, uh, talking to the title companies, dealing with the sellers. So we, ha we brought in a transaction coordinator to help me out there. They came in and took something else off my plate. I'm not very good at admin stuff. I don't like that stuff. I like... I'm, like Justin's here, I'm like here, like 30,000 feet, he's on the moon. So, but I want to think about the next deal. I don't want to get in these details with contracts and stuff. So, but if that's what you like, there's some things that I held on to, and I still hold on to because I really love doing it and I'm good at it. Okay? So we brought in a bookkeeper. Dee Dee was still doing the books at all this time, and she said, I love it, I love it, I love it. We brought in a bookkeeper who could do that, take it off her plate because she's had too many calls. Not get into her callbacks because she's spending too much time on the books and other admin office stuff. So then we unloaded that from her. So I start, started seeing my team start hit, getting a red line. When they start hitting a red line, you've got to see that and offload stuff to them. So, that, so this is over time. This was probably along about five, six months here. You know, I, I didn't hire all these people from day one, start paying their salaries. I started bringing in income so that I can start paying them in the future. Okay? 
I held on to financing and marketing until the end, you'll see. Then I brought in a dispositions manager. Ryan, he's here. He came in and, and uh, started doing dispositions with us because I didn't have time to deal with all the buyers and everything. I was worried about finding the money, doing the marketing, and, and running the flips. So we were, now we were flipping houses, and I was doing all the project management, okay? Dealing with that, trying to fix up the houses and get them on the market and all, all these things. So my focus was somewhere else. So I brought him in to look for buyers uh, and sell some of the wholesale deals, sell the contracts. So after that, I said, I'm spending a lot of time on these, on these flips, doing all this stuff. So we brought in a project manager and a real estate agent. They were a couple. One was a project manager. The other was a real estate agent to sell the flips. So it worked out pretty well. He could fix up the house. And, and this is also around the time that I moved up to Nashville. So I knew that I couldn't go to the properties anymore. I needed some help. So my situation changed. I still had that same superpower, but I moved locations and went virtual. So I had to bring them in so they could run those projects for me. So after that, we started getting too many calls. We hired another lead manager. That lead manager gets swamped. We hired another one. Too many appointments, doing more marketing. I'm putting more money into marketing, getting more leads. Hire another acquisitions rep in Pensacola. Now we got two. After that, that was about, that was about one year, okay? That was... Uh, January of my second year, I said, I don't know that I can market effectively here anymore in Pensacola. We're spending a lot of money. Now we're doing mail, and we're doing pay-per-click on Google AdWords. And I said, could I dump money in TV, radio, niche lists, all these different things, or should I, maybe I should go somewhere else. So if you look at this, if you look at all those blue people, that is my infrastructure now as I'm scaling, okay? I can tie into all those people when I go to a new market by hiring one person. So I could tie into that, let all those other people work, the admin, the phones, the, the leads, the books, all that stuff, and I can bring one more person in, and hoping that will increase my gross margin as a business owner. I can hopefully take home more when we go into another market. There's a lot of things about going into another market. I'll talk about it a little bit towards the end, but I can definitely talk to that offline here. So then, we started getting a lot of appointments in Chattanooga. We started sending mail, and it's like, whoa, anybody sending mail here? This response rate is off the charts. Too many appointments. So we brought in another sales rep in Chattanooga. So now we got two, just like Pensacola. After that, Ryan has a full-time job too. And he works for us also. So he's like me. He's going, I got all these deals I got to sell, man. How am I going to do that? You know, I got to take all these phone calls. He, he works in a secure building. He can't even bring his phone in. So we got to figure that out, right? So Terry came on. Terry was after that, she came on and, uh, as uh, Ryan's assistant to help him with the marketing emails, deal with the buyers. So we brought her in. And then I get so slammed with all the admin, I needed help. So I hired my, myself a personal assistant. I mean, I get like 150 emails a day on the company around that time. So I needed someone to read those, sort them, file them. I'm, I'm kind of specific about my email. I need it in the file because I'll tell you what, if I get a buyer who's emailing me and showing interest in a house, and I get a house that's very similar to that in the same neighborhood, I want to search my email for all of that, that traffic, that conversation. I want to make sure I talk to that guy about this next house. I want to keep all that stuff. I look back on my emails all the time. Who is this person? Did they contact me before? I want to do research on who you are so when I talk to you, I'm educated on you. I remember you. I know your name. I remember our past conversation. Yeah, we talked two years ago. I remember that. Remember that house you looked at? It's building rapport with our buyers, and it, it goes down the road. At that same time, we went into Nashville. 
That was around, I, I probably hired my uh, assistant a little bit before we went into Nashville. But that was another year later. Okay, so that's one year, in Pens- one year in Pensacola, one year in Chattanooga, and then the next year, this, this uh, what, December, January, went into Nashville. So we hired a, a sales rep in Nashville. Same thing, another market. What does it look like? Analyze it. Can we do it? Can we, can we do it? We have enough money to market there. And then, if you, look, if you look back one slide, I got all those people right there that are talking to me. Okay, my assistant, she can't talk to them like I can talk to them. She just doesn't know. She can answer the admin, the emails, work my calendar and stuff like that. But I got to manage all that. And it was being mismanaged. You know, I was also, at the same time, I was coming here to, to do coaching. And at that time, I, I saw my team, uh, it just wasn't fair on them. I was taking time away from my company, so I said, I, I need help. So I brought in a COO. So Nate's here. COO hired him in December of last year, so he's been with, me, with us almost a, a year now. So he came in to help with all that stuff. I thought that was going to take a lot of load off my plate right away. It actually like doubled my workload, onboarding him and trying to get everything from here to there. Um, incredible now, though. It's incredible. So now he deals with all that. So around that same time, we started getting a lower response rate in Chattanooga. So we let one of the sales reps go in Chattanooga who was underperforming. So now we've only got one. We've had too many calls from Nashville now. Got to bring in another lead manager. So this is over the span of like a little over two years, okay? So we're just adding people a little bit at a time. And I'm going to talk about how I did that after this. So this is a slide about where we are now. We went down to one sales rep in each city because appointments and leads. We moved everyone to be in their genius zone, their superpower. Okay? I told you guys, find your superpower. Figure out what you're really good at. We had people who were in the wrong seat doing the wrong thing that they didn't like. But we didn't take the time to ask them. We might have asked them a couple times, but they're not going to tell us. So we really dug into that and figured out where do they need to be? What do they need to be doing? And we changed things around. Nate came in and we brought in accountability. We changed a lot of things around in the company. Moved some people around. Some people, some people quit. They didn't like accountability. Wrong people. So this is what it looks like now. We got human, re- human relations and uh, finance. So that's Dee Dee. We moved her from lead manager to that seat. The bookkeeper works with her. We got two lead managers. Our leads are gone down a little bit now. It's a little harder to get leads. So we're working on making sure that we're efficient. If I had three people that were doing okay, now I got two people who are doing awesome. Less, less overhead for the company, right? Really dig into efficiency now. We got a transaction manager. So she handled all transactions in all three cities. We got a marketing and analytics guy. So Ryan moved from dispositions to marketing and analytics. I gave up the marketing. When Nate came on, I said, I, I trust you with the marketing. I'm going to keep the finances. I trust you with the marketing. And then Ryan's a numbers guy. I mean, he'd like to sit in that computer all day and run comps and run numbers and just look at things and see, could see the matrix, right? So then we got an acquisitions uh, rep in Nashville, one in Pensacola, one in Chattanooga, and our, our rep in Nashville is doing so great. Promoted him to sales manager, so now all the people talk to him, salespeople. Dispositions manager, Terry moved over to be the dispositions rep. So she was the assistant. Perfect. She's doing great. And we got a project manager now down in Pensacola. COO. So now it takes a lot off my plate. But we didn't get here overnight, okay? It wasn't from zero to Andy right away. 
Okay, it, took, it took some time. Let's talk about how we got there. So we started bringing in accountability and numbers. You guys got to know your numbers. When I started this business three years ago in Pensacola, I did not know my numbers. I didn't track anything. I didn't care about it because I was making money. On paper, it looked like I was making money. We actually were making money, fortunately. But I think if I started this business today and I, I did what I did three years ago and not track my numbers and know my KPIs, I might not have made it. These are the numbers that we track on a regular basis. Every week we report on these. Inbound calls, new podio leads. These are a goal. It's got, we want that or higher in our, in our three markets. This is my setup, okay? And I'll kind of show you the funnel and how we back out, out these numbers. Live answer percentage. I want to make sure that we're answering live. I mean, I'd love for that to be 100%, but it's not very realistic. We get calls at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, right? Appointments per week. I want to make sure that all three of my reps have a full schedule. So we make sure they're going on the appointments. If we're going on appointments and making offers every week, we're getting deals. It's a numbers game, right? Make offers, follow up, get deals. Appointments completed. I want to know how many did we actually attend? How good did we set our acquisitions reps up? And then get feedback. Was it because their mortgage was too high? Was it because they weren't motivated? Did we cancel on the phone or did they not show up? Did my rep not show up? Or did the seller not show up and why? Why didn't they show up? What didn't we do? We didn't prep them right? We didn't call them the night before? What happened? Contracts per week. Two per rep. Expect them to make, if they're going on 10 appointments, one out of five. It's not that hard, right, Chad? Two per week. Offers made. I want to make sure we're making an offer at, at least every house that we go on. Unless for some reason, sometimes we might hold an offer back. Okay? We want to be the first one in making that offer, getting the deal. If we're number three in and there's four more behind us, we might want to wait. Appointment close ratio. So I want to see what's that number look like. It's a little, under, a little over one in three, right? Like one in 3.3. So if, if my, there's, these are metrics to measure your team. Each one of these metrics measures how good that team member is doing. How good are your sales reps on appointments? Are you measuring that? We should be. How good are our phone people about setting appointments? Here's some more on the back end. Wholesale profit per deal. How much are we making on every deal? We've got to know that stuff. Closed wholesale revenue per week. I've got a number that I've got to hit now as a business owner that has an overhead and expenses and salaries to pay and commissions and credit card bills and all the stuff that we're running. We've got a big, big overhead. I've got to make sure that we put that in the bank so we can make those payments every week. Proactive buyer contacts, we added this recently. We want to be reaching out and talking to people on a regular basis. I want to be on the phone with them, making contact with those buyers all the time. Positive company reviews. We want to be, have an online presence. We want to be the go-to company in that market. I want to be on par when someone says, did you call a realtor? I want to hear them say, did you call Blackjack Real Estate? I want to have those reviews when they go online they see those positive reviews. I want to get my people to get those reviews. If you guys aren't getting reviews, you need to get reviews. Find a way. $20 Starbucks gift card. Ask them. Usually works. Did you have a good experience? Weeks from purchase to close. What is that, Nate? Flips. Okay. <laughs> I don't attend this meeting anymore. So... 
purchase the, so we, we've got a problem with our flipping business. It's taken too long to get these things on the market. So now we got, it, we change what we track, all right? If we track this, if we can get a flip done in, in 16 weeks, it's gonna help out. We're not that good right now, I'm telling you. That's a problem that we have. We're working on it right now. We've gotta get that money in the bank. <coughs> Profit per deal, that's for flip, 35,000 or more, that's the goal. So we track that, it's cumulative throughout the year. Cost per contract and cost per lead. That's gonna tell us how effective our marketing and our whole machine. How effective is my operation, okay? There's a lot of things that go into that. So if we just looked at that, we might, ha we might have a problem. We don't know where the issue is. But since we look at all this stuff, you can start seeing. When stuff starts turning red in our system, we can see where the problem is. We start tracking it down, we start asking people. Know your numbers. This is the funnel, this is how we got to these numbers. And so you guys can back them out this way. So basically, I like to work backwards. How many deals do we need to get? And this is on a, this is on a weekly basis. So to close six deals, we need seven contracts. So one contract's gonna fall out, it's got title issues. Uh, maybe, we bought, maybe we bought it too high. Maybe the seller just goes rogue and doesn't show up, right? Never calls us back. It's, some, something's gonna happen. So if you're in a zero or one game, we gotta get up. You wanna scale this business, we gotta be doing these kind of numbers and backing it out. From there, contracts. So this is what our numbers look like in our three markets, by the way. This is actual, like we need 150 calls to get 65 leads. I'll define a lead, and the calls, that's, that's a new callers, okay? A lead is somebody who has a house who's interested in selling or thinking about selling, okay? That's it. They have a house, and they, they're just, they wanna talk, okay? It's not everybody that calls. It's not take me off your list. It's not all that stuff. This is, a, this is a lead that actually goes into our system. Appointment set, 30. Appointments completed, 25. So we're about, we can set about a little under 50% is what we've been seeing of people that call to appointments that we can set. And then completed, we'll have no-shows. We'll have sellers that just don't show up. It, it, I mean, we're, we're in a distressed business, right? People don't show up on time. They forget what day it is. Uh, seven contracts from there, and then six to close. Usually have one fallout. So that, that's, our, that's kind of our funnel. And then we back it out of there for response rate. So if we're, doing, if we're talking about direct mail, or we're talking about pay-per-click, or we're talking about Facebook, or whatever kind of marketing we're doing, right, we back it out based on response rate. So then I know how much I need to mail to get as many calls per week. And we mail, we mail about 100,000 a month, right around there, plus or minus a little bit. And 80% of our deals are from direct mail. That's, that's what we do. And I'll talk about that in a minute. So I know this is an eye chart, but I want to point it out because people think that it was, this was like overnight success, right? So it took work, okay? One person, one person, one person. I didn't hire my whole team on day one, start sending out a ton of mail, and paying $50,000. So if I can do it, you can do it, okay? I had a full-time job. I had family issues going on. I spun that in a positive. I turned it into a positive. Everybody, everyone in this room has something going on. You got a reason why you can, and you got a reason why you can't. And it's probably the same reason. You got to figure out what you're going to do with it, all right? So in the green is my first year. So if, you saw, if you've been here three years, and a lot of you uh, raise your hand, you saw this chart from that year without all the other numbers. So that first year in green, I started mailing in December when I joined the group. I didn't get a deal closed until April. It's four months of money going out with no money coming in. Most people quit around month two or three, okay? 
You're like inches from gold, and you quit. So I set a six-month budget because I knew it was going to work. And I had faith, and I was following on the footsteps of these guys, of guys that were doing it. They could show me the way. And they did. And I, I knew that it was going to happen. You just have to have persevere past that heartache. So then we, April, May, hired a sales rep. Boom, June, July, we're doing bigger business. Okay, we're closing like four or five deals a month now. September, a little more. October, a little more. November, December, a little bit more. December, hit our first $100,000 month. And we're, now we're on glide slope for a million-dollar business per year. And that was my goal that year. I said, I'm going to join seven-figure flipping. And I'm, I'm probably not going to win to the million, and I didn't. But I said, I'm going to be on pace by the end of the year when somebody else gets to a million. I'm going to be on pace to do it. And that was my goal that I set, and I did it. And then year two, the blue, 100,000 again, 92,000, 110,000, 120,000. I built this machine that was producing at a high level. It took me a while. It wasn't overnight. One month, two months, three months, keep going. Next, next. I was doing one thing really well. And then this year, we can talk about this year. There's been a lot of ups and downs, but enter Nate. December, January, 19,000. I was like, man, this is embarrassing. I hired this guy, and he's, man, I can't, I can't even pay the bills, right? But we're doing things. We're making those changes. We're building the machine. We're, we're breaking it down, and we're building it back up again. And that's what we did. Then, boom, it hit. Three months later, we saw it. That's what we need. We want to do three million. We need a quarter million dollars a month. Let's do it every month. Quarter million, back down, back down. Issues, but then 258, 237, 356, 238, and that's it. Now we will not accept less than that per month. Again, we built this machine. It took a while, okay? But this is the way that you can scale a business like this. All right, let me run through my five secrets. So. We do a lot of profile testing, and it turns out that Nate and I are both architects on a profile. So I like that. We can build stuff, and that's why I look at it. I'm, I'm building this machine. I'm an engineer. I like to build stuff. I like to get my hands dirty. So here's the five things, my secrets, the five things that I think that I did really well that I want to pass on to you, okay? Number one, I focused on hiring before it was needed, okay? I didn't wait until I can afford and I knew my life is perfect, all my bills are paid, I can hire this person, and I have no problem paying their salary for the next six months. I didn't wait for that. I saw that I knew that I need to offload some of my team if we want to grow. So if you want to scale and you want to build, you got to take that little, that little jump, that little risk to hire. If you wait, you say, I can't afford to hire that person right now, you're going to say that for the next year, and a year after that, and a year after that. If you want to grow and scale and you want to build on this company, you've got to hire that person when you're about 75, 80% of that way. Okay? Because your people are going to be redlining and they're not going to tell you and they're going to be struggling and your sales reps are not going to tell you that they're not doing their follow-up because they got too many appointments. You've you got, you got to find that out. You've got to have the pulse of your people. You've got to talk to your people. Okay? So look ahead. You're the visionary. You've got to look in the future. You've got to think about the future. So I did that well. I wasn't afraid to hire the next person. Uh, after I hired the first person, right? I was afraid to hire the first person. We'll talk about that later this week. Reinvest as much as you can responsibly 
in your marketing, in your team, in your personal development, in all of these things. So I had reinvested money into my company. The best thing, the reason that I grew so fast, one of the big reasons, I had a salary and a full-time job. So I'm going to question you guys. Are you pulling $10,000 a month out of your business to pay yourself a $120,000 a year salary? And you say you want to scale and grow? Do you deserve it? Do you need it? How much do you need per month? Do you want this business? Do you want to build a business? And if you want to build a business, you really do, I took nothing for a year and a half. I didn't buy a new car. I, I just got this th like 10 days ago. <laughs> I haven't bought clothes in like 10 years. These are the new, the, I haven't bought new shoes in 10 years. I glued my last pair of shoes together. I won't talk about how cheap I am, but I just did. So, <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing as business owners? Do you want to grow this business? Are you passionate about it? Do you want to do it? Or are you paying yourself an exorbitant amount of salary for no reason? Reinvest that money. I reinvested, so we, we started marketing. I take some of that money that we made and we do a little bit more. Three months later, maybe I do a little bit more. Reinvest that into your business, into yourself. I took a risk and I joined a coaching program when I didn't even know what I was doing. It paid off. Think about what you're doing. What are you doing with your money? Do you need that money? Do you need to buy that stuff? You probably don't. Marketing. I'm not telling you to do all this stuff, by the way. It's just an image I pulled off the internet. So if you're taking a picture, don't be like, Bill told me to do billboards or TV or radio. All right? That's my disclaimer. It's on camera. All right. Marketing. I've seen people try to go blow up their business and start doing five marketing channels right away. They build this team, hire three people. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do Facebook. I'm going to do Google AdWords. I'm going to do mail. I'm going to do door knocking. I'm going to drive. I'm going to do all this stuff. Niche list, everything. I did one thing, and I did it really well. And then I did, it, I, did it, I, I did it as well as I could for as long as I could until that ROI started coming down a little bit or staying the same. And then I moved on to the next channel. I added another one. We did mail for like nine months in Pensacola before I even went online. I was afraid to go online. I didn't think, didn't think people in Pensacola were you know, online. Our seller avatar was like, uh, pretty old, just like Justin said, like, there are old people are online. So it turns out they are. And I, but I wasn't ready to commit that money for six months. If you're going to bring in a new channel, make sure you've got that money committed over here for six months. That's my recommendation. Six months of marketing budget in the bank or earmarked for it. Because if you start marketing for two months in a new channel, and you're going to do what I said before. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it's only been two months. How do you know? I didn't put money in the bank for four months. If I stopped at two months and said direct mail doesn't work like everybody else that's telling me that it, nothing works, it doesn't work, six inches from gold, two inches from gold, right? That money's there. But be the best at it. Research it. Like, own it. Or hire somebody that owns it and is really good at it. If you're, like, not good at numbers and can't see... But this is one of the most important things in your business, is marketing. We are a marketing and sales business. I put this up for the South African guys. Expand when you need to expand. Ah, oh, there you are. I was looking back, you were back here. Leon and Manjush. I'm expanding to South Africa. No, I'm just kidding. 
No, so look, when, you're, when your ROI is not there and you've kind of hit that, you're thinking about TV and radio and just going bigger in your market, I would, just, I would recommend you start taking a look at expansion. So do some market analysis. Are, is it transactional city? Are there buyers there? Are people moving property? Are there flippers? Are there landlords? Take a look at it. Do your research. Is there competition? Who's the competition? How good are they? Can I beat them? Are they better than me? What are they better than me at? Can I beat them at that? Are they not doing this? Maybe I'll do this. Go into a new market. Competition. Enough inventory. Is there enough inventory for me? What percentage of that market can I take? If you don't think Nashville's competitive, you're nuts. We went into Nashville and I was scared. It's like, phew, it's going to be expensive. But we took six months of money, set it aside, said we're doing it. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. And we did. Cracked the code. It took a few months, right? So... This is the last thing I'll leave you with. Surround yourself with the right people, with the right mindset, and you're doing it right now. All of you bought a ticket to be here. You're going to hear it, and you're going to hear it over and over again. What are you doing? I talked about investing your money and your time and your energy. What are you talking about? How are you talking? Are you talking negative? Are you doing the yeah, but, like Justin says all the time? Or are you saying, I can do this? What did you do? How'd you do it? Are you spending the time? Are you putting in the work? Who are you talking to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you reading? What are you putting in your body? How are you filling up your mind? Do you want this? Because you've got to want it. You've got to want to scale and grow and build a business. And if you want to be just two people and keeping a ton of money and just doing a small number of deals, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. You know, I didn't want that. Like I said in the beginning of this presentation, you got to know what you want. What does it look like for you? I'm not telling you you got to build a company with 15 people. I'm not telling you you got to be in three markets. I'm not telling you you need a COO. You can have any one or two of these people and these things and build a business that works for you. Figure out what your life wants to look, what you want your life to look like and how you're going to get there. And then surround yourself with people that are going to help you get there. And it could be us. It could be other people in your market. But spend the time and put that time in. And I dedicated myself to this. So to answer your guys' question, how did you get there so fast? To me, it didn't feel that fast when I was in the thick of it. It might have looked fast, but I did it responsibly. One at a time. One step. What's next? Look ahead. Look far ahead, but also not too far. What's next after that? I knew my goal in the future, but I didn't want to get there that fast. I wanted to get there responsibly. And I want to give a big thanks to our group and the seven-figure group and Andy and Mike and Mike and Don and everybody that poured into me and Justin for providing this community that got me here and poured into me and I'm going to pour into you guys. So that's how I got there. If you guys still have questions after this, I got a round table from four to six. You can come to it and ask me any question you want, and I'll give you the answer. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Allen. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that sneak peek snidbit. That wasn't really a snidbit. It was several snidbits. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bruins over here laughing. <laughs> you like you like uh, my uh, yeah. This is pretty professional stuff. It's pretty intense, right? I just heard you just like sneak peeks a bit of fun. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember the vision of your company, the vision of what is possible, stops with your vision. Stops with what you believe is possible. So make sure you continue to to push that what you believe is possible and, and what you can do. And the biggest part of that is surrounding yourself with other people who are doing the same or bigger and better things than, than what you're doing. And that helps you um, grow that, that glass ceiling of, of what's possible. So you can then expound that vision to the rest of your team and everyone else around you. So if you guys have not yet purchased your tickets for Flip Hacking Live 2019, go to fliphackinglive.com now to get your tickets. Uh, we are going to make this event bigger and better and badder in the bestest way possible than ever. And we cannot wait to see you there. So until next time, guys, this is the House of Group Podcast with Justin Williams and... Mm. Oh, your mouth is full? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, are you eating candy before you even no, have I'm breakfast? I'm pretzels. Oh, pretzels. Okay. Yeah. Are these, these are Halloween pretzels? Yes. They look like regular pretzels to me. They're bats and pumpkins. No, they're not. Look at it. <laughs> Look at this. This is not a pumpkin. Uh, oh, they are pumpkins. I I thought we had this discussion last night, and they were just regular pretzels. No. All right. All right. All right. Look at this bat. This is they are bats and pumpkins. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. We will talk to you next time on... Flip. No. The House, the house Flipping HQ Podcast. Bye-bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.